Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Yeah, we've got... Craig Hodges all up in arms right now, upset, taking shots at Michael. We've got a very interesting story regarding ratings for something that we thought would stand the test of time. Time could be finite here in the course of just the summer with the pandemic. Also, the return of baseball in South Korea and the general conversation that's happening in our country as a result of it with ESPN at the forefront. And ESPN isn't doing anything wrong. Just before you jump to any conclusion that I'm going to tear into, well, they're broadcasting South Korean baseball games. Well, we're struggling here without baseball. No, it's not that at all. They're just the conduit to it. But the greater conversation that is now developing as a result of another country opening up reopening, if you will, their baseball league. The Bundesliga, the German soccer league, is all set to go after their chancellor signed off and said, all right, everything looks to up to normal here. You have all the sanitary precautions you need. Good. Go ahead and let it ride next month. We also have a report, and it's the NFL, and you know around now early May, Whenever somebody is still unsigned, something can be fueled by agent player, which is the same entity, team to try to lower or gain a hand, if you will, in any type of bargaining, or simply leverage to throw out there to make it seem like there is more interest in the player than not. I don't know if, in fact, Jadavion Clowney would play for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I do know that both locally here, NBC Sports Philadelphia, Dave Zangaro is the guy who put it up, and we're laboring him. They're one of five teams mentioned. The Seahawks are right there. They haven't left, so put Seattle in there. It's really four teams he could play for. Now, that would be one of the most awkward unions that you could find. A cheap shot to knock the quarterback out of the playoffs the year before you two play on the same team. We'd have to go back deep into history to find something that awkward. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Who is this? I feel like there's, like, this is something I probably should know, like, some deep track for Cube that's probably going to be Beck. No. Who is it? Public Enemy. Oh, shame on me for not knowing Shame that. on you. Your mic has been turned off. Good. Just cut it off. Now, I, I want, take this into account here. <laughs> Think about this. And I don't know, has this ever happened to the level in which a guy was hurt due to a cheap shot, something that wasn't just in the course of play? 
Uh, even if you don't want to argue that Jadavion Clowney cheap-shotted Carson Wentz, you could still – it's very difficult to argue that it was a hit to the head, the back of the head, leading with the head. So I'm curious, I threw this out there, and, and I wonder – I'm trying to think back with your Chargers, Ron, and, and other teams where we've seen this. Actually, there's a guy who played a while at a very high level who was a Charger for, I think, a cup of coffee and Trey Thomas who had – a story like this, he told it to me similarly on the air, but it was just a fight, and he was just pounding some guy all day, and they were getting back and forth, and they eventually became teammates in San Diego, and they walked. Trey walked into the locker room. The guy mentioned everything, and Trey he didn't remember any of it. He's just like, who are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I don't think that would be the case here if, Carson Wentz gets win. Not that he would be anti, and that's where it's not like, oh, Carson Wentz is some victim here. It's just a very weird predicament slash situation that I think they would be in. I don't even necessarily think it would matter so much to Clowney as it would to the city and the fan base to kind of look at, wow, here's a guy who effectively ended the team season last year by knocking the quarterback out. Again, it wasn't just a, a hit. This wasn't Theismann. This wasn't Montana. You know, the guy's just getting their back broke. This was a terrible shot to the head. On the flip side, anybody who gets the services of Jadavion Clowney would be more than happy to receive him, right? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick what happened last year. To be fair, my head didn't get hit. My season didn't get ended. All of this discussion about Carson Wentz can't finish seasons. Everything that we talked about here that's happening locally, nationally, whenever Jalen Hurts gets mentioned with Carson Wentz, there was this big press conference where all Wentz was was grilled about it. This is a direct result. Drafting Hurts was a direct result of that hit. Piled on with another injury that was as freak as it gets, an ACL tear with non-contact two years ago. I mean, come on. So I would think there would be a lot of humor probably going back and forth. I'm sure Carson would, would at one point get over it. But this is pretty awkward just on, like, the initial sign. Let's just say hypothetically that one of five teams, Seattle is still in it. They never really left. And Mark Berman, at Mark Berman, Fox 26 in Houston, was the one who originally had this report. Berman has the five teams as Seattle. All right, already there. Who are the four? Eagles, you already know that. Titans, Ravens, Browns. Outside of money, the option there would be to go to Baltimore. If Tennessee or Cleveland can get you more money, get you more assurances, and give you a longer-term deal, if you will, then go ahead. That's just the nature of the NFL. I wouldn't knock anybody for getting secure money as opposed to not. The best team, as far as if you want to go out there and win something, I would think would be Baltimore. Seattle and Philadelphia are right there. Philadelphia, you actually come in, and you would be a terror. And even if you don't get the deal you would like, there's precedent, and just look recently with Alshon Jeffrey, that you could come to Philadelphia, Howie Roseman would take care of you. I just don't know if you could go back and find something like that. It would be the equivalent of, was it Leonard Hamilton? who ended Joe Theismann, right? It would be the equivalent of something along those lines where you would have a quarterback knocked out, just done, in a suspect hit. So I don't even want to throw Hamilton in there. 
and then your teammates. I mean, I don't know what the first physical interaction is in the locker room or OTAs, whenever we actually get to that point. I know it seems like forever, even though we do have South Korean baseball there. But that first interaction would be pretty funny to watch, right? That's where I think it would be hilarious just to be the fly on the wall, anybody in there. But think about it, if you're somebody on defense, you're kind of caught in the middle, aren't you? But here's your leader. Here's the guy, Carson Wentz, the city, the team, everything, well, led by Wentz. Yes, Ron? Wouldn't it be similar to Antonio Brown and Vontez Perfect meeting each other in a Raiders camp? In what sense? Well, that, I mean, it was very similar to... Vontez Perfect going to the, you know, remember Vontez Perfect knocking out Antonio Brown. Right, right. And then both so, of them become teammates yes. and have to somewhat bury that. And Vontez Perfect coming to Antonio Brown's defense was the all-time I have clincher to it all. Yeah. So maybe, that, I mean, it would probably be the same thing. Clowney coming to your squad going, hey, hi, guys. Remember yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think Target that would be, on the back, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a, a better one, don't you think? What, like cl- that, Clowney going to the Eagles? No, I, I think the only variable that you'd have to factor in with Perfect and Brown would be that Brown's just a maniac. And Perfect isn't sane either. Yeah, I, I get that. And I'm not saying that Jadavion Clowney is insane or anything no, on those no, levels. No, no, no. no but, he, you know, he, you, play he, defense, you, you, you play defense already in the NFL. You have to be a little out there, right? Well, I mean, J.J. Watt didn't want to snap Alex Smith's leg in half, but he did. Yeah, but that I don't think that was the same as targeting. Like you could apply to perfect or a, a crazy hat. No, no, or no that's what like I'm that. saying. I'm, I'm saying JJ Watt is uh, JJ Watt's hit on Alex Smith, very similar to JJ or uh, Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, yes. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't done out of malice. No, but I, I think that the difference is Watt. Watt didn't lead with his head, if if that makes sense, right? Right. So that's a contact hit on a body of the quarterback that up until recently has been outlawed, if you will. Whereas Clowney, I mean, Wentz was falling and Clowney is leading with his head. So that's where I think that that's where I think the Clowney hit is more like a perfect. It's it's very easy. You really just need circumstantial evidence to convict Vontez Perfect in a court of NFL law, right? I mean, all I you would really you need that anymore. <laughs> How easy would it be to get an indictment in the NFL court of law? You wouldn't need Jack McCoy. You'd use whatever assistant McCoy had. Yeah, you, in, well, right? what you say is unnamed Raiders linebacker, and then they go, "Who's the linebacker? Vontez Perfect, guilty." Right. And, right. You know, it's done. It's wrapped up. Yes. <laughs> oh my. So I, people are answering now. He'll get booed the first game, make a few plays, then loved. It's sports. That's at T Bear Photos. Tell you I don't. What, th- I don't it, think Jadavion Clowney's going to get booed in Philadelphia for what he did last year if he's wearing an Eagles jersey. No, Let me just say I'll that. I'll tell you this much: if he if he is able to pull off a play similar to that one in college, that got him, that pushed him to being the number one overall pick, and everyone knows you guys all you know what play. What was it against Michigan? Yes. When he anticipated the snap count and just blew through that line and just lit up that running back. If he was to do that, do that against, say, Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, 
Or who's the Red, I guess Redskins running back? Will it Adrian be Peterson? Peterson. <laughs> Will it be Peterson? I, I don't know. <laughs> Until we're told otherwise. Until yes. we're told otherwise. If he was to do that against any of those guys, uh, he would win the Hearts of Philly in no time at all. And they'd be like, oh, Carson who? What happened? I don't remember that play. No, that's the thing is, is I don't know if it would even take that, Ron. Honestly, I do you think, and put your Philadelphia bias aside here for a second. Do you I think, have no Philly bias. <laughs> do you think that any fan base, like let's just say this happened to somebody in Cleveland. Let's say that Baker Mayfield was hit and knocked out in, in the first playoff game in Cleveland the same way it happened to Wentz last year. And then he goes and signs with the Browns. Do you think Browns fans boo him if it happened to Lamar Jackson? Do you think Ravens fans boo him, Jadavion Clowney? the first home game before he makes a big play like that? All because right, well, I don't think Philadelphia does. I I'll, think people would say, oh, great, he's here. We could use a great defensive pass rusher slash run stopper. I'll change like it him. up for you. I'll change it up for you. I'll make it even more difficult for you. You ready? I'd love to, for you to make it more difficult. Miles Garrett to the Steelers. Yes. Is he welcomed? Yes. Absolutely perfect. I think that would be an even better hypothetical. Is now, he, Clowney. Is he I, see, welcomed with open arms? Well, he would be welcome, yes. I think, though, there is a sense of awkwardness, and that's why I brought this thing up with Wentz. It's not like people in Philadelphia nor people on the Eagles would say, hey, don't don't sign him. No, I I don't even think Carson Wentz would say don't sign him. You look at how much Davion Clowney could have any football team out there. It's like, okay, cool, he did it, whatever, I'll get over it, sign him. But I still think that when you physically meet him for the first time, whatever, I I think there's – Maybe an extra step to your hypothetical, if that makes sense, where you still have all of that with Mason Rudolph and the guy sticking up for Mason Rudolph, but you also have the accusation. You have the accusation that the NFL and the Steelers routinely refute, yet Miles Garrett has been back and forth on it. So that, I think, would be the source of the most awkwardness for a guy in Mason Rudolph who has been vehemently defending the statement that he did not say anything bigoted uh, and hateful, whereas Miles Garrett has kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Then you have the NFL and the Steelers and all that involved in there, and I don't think anybody even from the Browns spoke up on it. Not that they have to. It's just adding to the whole conversation. So that's where I think there would be a little bit of a difference, right? Carson Wentz can come up to Clowney, slap hands if you're allowed to do that, give him a little bit of a – you know, forearm type hug and say, man, come on, really? You know, you got me, right? And Clowney's like, hey, I, I ain't saying anything. And Wentz is like, bro, come on, come on. You know, you got me. Just, just, just say it here. Ain't all the linemen are there. Everybody's there. It's first day in it. Just, just let everybody know. You know, I could see something like that happening, right? I don't necessarily see that playing out the same way with. My, with Rudolph and Garrett, right? I don't think Rudolph comes in there and is like, come on, Miles. You know I didn't say that. Come on, man. You know that. I no, think it's- You know what happened? Uh, Rudolph goes to Miles and goes, all right, take your helmet off. My turn. <laughs> is that it? Oh, that, I get one quick- free shot. We'll call it even. I don't think Mason Rudolph has the job security to get away with that, right? <laughs> no. Nah, he'd be so good. <laughs> At Shanda Show, at Rod's Two Ed Culver is how you follow us on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Shanda Show, where you could weigh in. It's just something to think about, and I love Ron's example because that's probably the best hypothetical 
that would speak to how awkward it would be to join two players with a pass together, right? I mean, I guess it would be like Isaiah and Jordan playing on the same team. Nah, nothing's on that level. You, you don't think? Nah. What, what, what would that look like? <laughs> Hold on a second. What would that look like? Okay, here comes Those Michael two, Jordan. No, you can't, Jordan would Jordan would not even think – he wouldn't allow it. Not even for a minute. You Jordan, can't even wrap your head around because it's such a Jordan, distant reality. Yeah, Jordan, I, Jordan wouldn't bring him on the dream team. You think he'd make him a part of the Bulls? Well, that's the beauty. No. Well, that's the beauty of it, though. Is what's think of this? All right. So real quick, Jordan and Pippen they kick down Phil's door and they push for Rodman. Rodman, Rodman. We need Rodman. We need Rodman. And then they turn around the next day and say, look, we couldn't get you, Rodman. We got you, Isaiah. He's here. What's the first day of practice like with Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan? It would be Isaiah showing up, shooting hoops, Jordan talking to his agent like, get me out of here. <laughs> I'm well, done. Do you think Jordan – see, that's the thing. Jordan's not backing down from a fight, even if it's just from a mental fight. So no, he'll he, show no, up. Actually, he would go to Jerry, uh, Jerry Krause and just say, hey, Jerry – it's either him or me. You choose. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Make a decision. Right. We got five minutes. We'll come back. There's a story developing about the ratings. Everybody loves ratings and what story we can extract from the story itself of ratings. I'll explain next year on the second level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Well, I just saw this, and I, I missed it live. Thank goodness I missed this live. But one thing we love to do on social media, which is now being dubbed as the Internet. You notice that? There, I think about like three years ago, there was a very subtle shift to calling social media platforms, just grouping them together as the Internet, like we've done with President's Day, right? We used to have individual President's Day. Now it's all grouped together. So when someone says the Internet explodes, they mean what? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I thought I heard you. I'm sorry. Did I or did I not? Not as anything. Okay. So the internet exploding after Pac-Man Jones put ketchup on Cinco de Mayo tacos isn't like you couldn't get on to Google. Or it's not like you couldn't check. That's why Gmail wasn't working on your phone is because Adam Jones put ta- put ketchup on his tacos. That wasn't the case. It was Twitter. And I don't even think it exploded so much like I was able to get on. There were no issues with me reloading tweets. It's not like the website had to take a moment or a pause, if you will, because too many people were tweeting about ketchup on tacos. I don't put ketchup. I don't. I don't use condiments, but I don't fault or shame people for doing it. It's kind of like politics. No, that was nasty. Well, yes, it, it's no, it's that was, nasty. That was not right. You don't put. But you don't ever put ketchup on tacos. You're never going to win that battle, though. It's just like sh- publicly shaming somebody for their political or social views, right? All you're going to do is reinforce to Adam Jones. Oh, really? Well, sh- I'm going to put more ketchup on it. Not uh, to say that little, you shouldn't care. A little different. Well, no, I'm telling you. 
it's it's all the platform. It's the platform itself. It's the it's not like you're sitting in front of Adam Jones publicly shaming him in front of him. What I'm saying is is that any time there is the public shaming on a Twitter platform, for example, it it what happens is something maybe it's the punishment or something like that gets handed down, whatever. But the person itself is always reinforced in whatever ridiculous belief that they had. I would bet money that Adam Jones, there's another video in the next week or two of Adam Jones putting ketchup on something reprehensible. Something like that steak. You, exactly. Like Patrick Mahomes has made a commercial out of it. Thank you. Like steak. We've already been down this road. People tried to shame Mahomes now, see, with I ketchup can, on steak. I can understand steak. I cannot right. understand tacos. No, no. There I would be never anything do it. on steak but salt and pepper. I would never do it. Well, unless somebody overcooked that steak, then you got to use some steak sauce to joke it down. True, but then you never go back. Well, yeah, you never go back. That's that's a pretty good sign right there. Of, but sometimes uh, avoid sometimes you have to go back because it's mom's house. What do you mean? Well, my mom used to overcook steak a little too long, so I, I became an a... Oh, oh, I, I misunderstood what you said. So that's yeah. what you had to do. Did you have to bring your own Rufus Teague or something like that? Well, no, we had... I mean, we'd always have it. I'd either... I'd just raid the fridge and go, okay, what do we have? Do we have barbecue sauce? Do we have steak sauce? I don't care what it is. Yeah. Never ketchup, though. But there's something inherently wrong with putting ketchup on tacos. That is... You just can't do that. And mm. Adam Jones should know better. I'm sorry. Okay. That's why I can make an allowance for steak on or ketchup on steak. Only if it's well done. But, again, yeah. outside of a family member where you kind of have know, you to go, go back. see you, your mom. Well, you, you, take the, you take the steak back, to, you know, you take it to the chef and go, yeah, in what way is this medium? I've never. Yeah. T- <laughs> so it's not even medium, medium well. That's why you never order yeah. medium well is because it, it will. You just never want to throw the word well out there. No, because, never. Ever. See, and. Well, this that, but I mean, also, if you if you order it medium well, by the time it does get to you, it'll be well. That's why, you know, you should order it, you know, slightly below medium rare, medium rare, because then you usually get exactly where you need it. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? I Yes, that medium rare. Me, no, no, no. I'm just thinking because a lot of times the best places will take it, will take it off, right, and let it sit for a couple of minutes and yep. then give it to you because you're not going to just sit there at the table. Sometimes you'll know if you get like a burger or a steak right off the grill, and even if it is medium rare, and then you're, you know, you're eating it and you'll see because there's still a couple of minutes of cook left on the steak. Is that what you were saying? Yep. Okay. Yeah, That's that, why that I'm saying sense. that they'll let it sit. And by the time it gets to you, it'll usually perfect. be where you want it to be. Absolutely perfect. So if you're, if you're partial to medium steak order it medium rare because by the time it gets to you it'll be medium if you like medium well order it medium don't ever order it medium well because then you get a burnt hockey puck see i i order rare or mid-rare and i feel like a lot of times they'll err on the side of more rare on the mid-rare because it'll cook Mm -hmm. every now and again i'll get a rare steak if i know somebody has been at this place or for example if i were to go eat at a relative who cooks their steak a little tough I, look, give me, give me rare. Just, just make it rare. You know, just flash fry it. That's all. Put it in and put it out. The quickness of it. You're not going to change Adam Jones' mind. You realize this, right? No, I know I'm not going to change Adam Jones' okay. mind, but I can't say that he's wrong. Of course. That's, no, no, no. That's of all course. I'm getting at is that he is wrong.
But people are just enraged at this. And I don't mean like you and I shouldn't be talking about this. We should be talking about this. But people are tweeting at him. How dare you? You never put ketchup on. I just feel like ketchup ruins everything. Ketchup is like, as you mentioned, ketchup is for something that doesn't have taste. If you need to add taste to it, even a French fry, man, if you fry, if you season your French fries and you have that perfect crisp on them, you don't need anything. You don't need any type of condiment, especially not ketchup. Now, that might be an unpopular opinion. I'm okay with it. I'm not pro-condiment by any means, but I just feel like, oh, this this is terrible. This is bland. It needs something. Give me some ketchup. Here you go. Here, take some ketchup. <laughs> right? Isn't ketchup yeah. like a Band-Aid for food? Uh, I like ketchup with hamburgers. Again, I, that's about uh, it. All right. Uh, we might have to agree to disagree on, on the hamburgers. That's fine. <laughs> Did you win any bets last night in Korean baseball? You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. People weighing in on the ketchup debate. Not even the debate on when to use it on tacos, because I don't even think that's up for debate, which is never. But whether or not you should be using it, Eagle Eyes 17 on Twitter. Ketchup also cools down the hot fries or hot dog burger. See, ketchup shouldn't be used to cool something down. That's not, I get what you're saying, Mike, trust me. And you know I love you, man. But if all you're using, if all you're, the reason why you're applying ketchup to your food is to cool it down, then I, personally, I think you're doing it wrong. If a, if what you get, like, do you not, do you do that with other stuff? Do you do that with things that come hot? Is that why Adam Jones, Pac-Man Jones, doused his tacos with ketchup because they were served too hot on Cinco de Mayo? The hot dog is the one piece of, dare I even say, meat that I would think would be okay to put put ketchup on because hot dogs don't really taste great. Burgers, though, and Ron mentioned this at the end, he snuck it in knowing that we were on a hard break. He snuck it in. Burgers are tough. I do right. feel like burgers. You can apply the same thing to steak. Where well, is, it depends right? on yeah, it depends on the thickness of the burger and the cut. But if you're like if you're just doing a fast food burger, ketchup all day. Yeah, look at you, man. You're you're eating well done steaks and fast food burgers. How can I help? Exactly. Well, I'm not. <laughs> what can well I do to help? <laughs> not anymore. That was just growing up. That was, that was just, just right. The idea, that, was, the idea was like, hey, let's burn it on both sides. And then we'll, it has to be cooked at that point. right? Yeah, it has to be cooked at that point. It was like, right. You don't need to burn it completely. Ma. No, not totally crisped out. But the hamburger fast food aside, if we could just put the Wendy's burger aside for a second. Hey, it, they did. Well, yes, they did. Right. <laughs> the impossible food. Now that's the new thing. The no, impossible saying- burger. Wendy's is running out of meat. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Wendy's oh. is Wendy's is running out of beef, so that's why I'm saying they put their burgers aside. Well, what are they doing now? Just serving the fish sandwiches? They have to have, like, think about this real quick. Let, let's just take a side here and explore what you just brought up, which is <laughs> Wendy's is running out of beef. Yeah. If, in fact, and I believe it because the country is preparing for a meat shortage, 
everything goes on a little bit of a halt, right? And from meat production to serving it at a fast food joint has to slow down, if not stop. I can't imagine that they're out of the BK fish, filet of fish, whatever the fish version is that Wendy's. Hey, nobody is buying the fish sandwich when you roll up to the drive-thru in numbers enough for you to be depleted. So if anything, I would think that all of these places are going to turn into poor man's Long John Silvers at some point, right? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I mean, who is going, how many, just think of your the closest McDonald's where you live. And it can't be far, well, wherever in, you live in this country. I'm in Texas. There's like eight next door to me. There you go. <laughs> I guarantee you that if you walked in with a media credentials, look, I'm, I'm a national radio host, producer, basically the assistant program director here as well. I do a lot of things for SB Nation Radio. I'd like to just ask a couple of questions. Well, you know, we don't really let people in. Just just one question. How many filet of fish do you have? I guarantee you that they are stocked. Like they are the it's the equivalent of the person who bought, you know, the barrels of dry food where all you do is add water for lasagna. You know, you add water for like whatever it may be in the middle of something far worse than a pandemic. Like the world is over. If you're eating freeze dried lasagna, something is seriously wrong with our country. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that's the level of stock that I think they would have with these fish sandwiches. Right. There's no way. How many people do you know eat the fish sandwich? I don't know anyone that eats the fish sandwich. Me neither. Sandwich. Me neither. This is like how I many? Even, I don't... Sorry. You know, I, you know what? I think Trump does. Does he? Wait, wait a second. Didn't he, didn't he order a bunch of them for uh, his uh, dinner for Clemson? Yeah. Yeah. I think, though, that was the one I was in my brain racking about how many fish sandwiches were provided. Yeah, to Clemson. I think it was just how many were actually chicken sandwiches. Nah, there were there. You got to You got to throw the fillet of fish out there. Some people, some people dig the fillet of fish. I'm not sure who these people are, but some people dig it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't sorry, know sorry, anybody got, who does though. Well, but I mean, that, that's the point. Throw it out there to Twitch. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, you know, don't be embarrassed if you like the fillet of fish. Just come right out and say it. Okay, but Own here's it. the thing. Do you think like the fillet of fish? And is real fish? No, well, no, no. I know it's not. <laughs> but do you think that just for example, and other places have it, the BK Kingfish I had or the yeah. co- the frozen whatever. It is. Arby's but, has their fish. Exactly. It's like five times the size of the filet of fish. And their slogan is Ving Rhames yelling, we have the meats. When do you ever see them advertising as far as we have the fish? Right? No, they no, they did. No, they don't one call commercial. It. I know. You, you cu- there was that one commercial where it was going back and forth yeah. like they were on a boat. But they call their fish meat. Well, I think they're well, I mean, fish is me, but right. I, I think legally they're supposed to. But the point of it is, I'm wondering if we poll people, Twitter, Twitch, however, do you think this is something where people actually do eat it in mass, but they're afraid to, or they just don't? They got it. Because why is it still on the menu? I, That's well, the only way I justify it. At some okay, but at some point there has to be. It's like the doctor bit with Seinfeld. Somebody has to be at the bottom of the class. Something has to be the least ordered on the menu, yep. right? Yeah. So that's what I mean. Oh, I just I'm certain that is. That's probably just the option. Is you know you have your burgers, you can have chicken. We'll throw fish on there as well, just in case you're in for something different. And I think it's for the people who maybe there's people who eat at McDonald's five times a week. 
Yes. Okay. Well, that that would be the difference is what you're ordering and eating five times a week at McDonald's. I don't know anybody that would. Here's the thing. If you're eating that much at a fast food place, I can't imagine that a strong order or a repeat order would be the fish. It's almost like ah, I've had four days of I've gone from chicken to exactly. beef. Let, let me try the fish. But even still, like one out of every seven days, you're ordering, you get a fish sandwich ordered. Think about it. They're broadcasting billions, over a billion served. Those are Big Macs. How many fish sandwiches do you think have been served? This country is prepared to survive the next 10 years on a food shortage with all of the frozen fish sandwiches stocked up at these fast food and, places. And still nobody will eat them. No, you know, well, that's you know the point. Right? You, know who's ex- you know who's excited? BK. Because they got the Impossible Burger, that plant-based burger that's supposed to taste. Nobody like the real else burger. has one. I don't think anyone else is advertising that they have one. I don't know of anyone that's came out and said, "Hey, or try our Impossible Burger, our meatless burger." Yeah, I I don't know yet. I mean, if I'm Impossible Foods, I just saw that they signed a deal with Kroger to get their gear and their grub all in there. Yeah, because they are anticipating. Meat shortage. Everyone's going to go for their Impossible Burger that tastes like meat. I guess that's like meat seasoning. I don't know. I don't even know what it's. I well, mean, it's basically like a fake burger. Yeah. I think it's soy or bean curd. I'm not Plant sure. Plant-based. Yeah, it's all. It's like veggie burgers have been around forever, and now they're just calling it a different term yeah, I think to make it, it. But I think they rub some dirt in it. That's fine. Anything to make it taste better than a veggie burger, right? You need a little something in there, right? Maybe you need ketchup. I was going to say, they need lots of ketchup. Absolutely. That's Uh, where it's socially acceptable to douse your burger. Adam Jones, go ahead and, and you know what? Have a little Impossible Burger with your ketchup. Wait a second. He is a professional athlete who is a staple for solid health. I mean, look at him. He's in great shape. Are we sure He's that he wasn't He's never made the right eating? decisions, though. Well, no, he makes so, terrible decisions, and yeah. he has a history of making terrible and decisions. And that's how we know he was putting ketchup on his tacos. But hold on. There, there is enough circumstantial evidence to at least ask a question if he was eating an impossible food taco. They don't, and, they don't make those, do they? If you're rich enough, Ron, no. you can get anything you want nah, to your door. You, why would you ever want to do that? That's the problem. Like you tofu. Never ask. No. Have you ever had tofu? I'm sure you have. No. You're from California. No. Come on. I had no interest in having tofu. You never snuck a little tofu I've to never. water down that, that crisp steak at home? I've never snuck tofu anywhere. Now, I will say this, that uh, I have been at a restaurant or a place where they've had tofu and salad, so I have tried tofu. Don't care for it. Okay. I, the I'm only not time, a fan at all, and we'll never terrible. have it. But the only time I've ever had it was at a restaurant. It was a bar slash bowling alley. It's pretty cool. It's called South Bowl in Philadelphia. And they made this. It was almost like a General Sow's chicken, but it was tofu. So all the sauce and, and it was crisp. So I didn't realize it was tofu until I was halfway through it because all I tasted was the crisp on the outside, the fry, if you will, on the outside yep. and the sauce. And it tasted fine. But. Going back to a piece of chicken, you can immediately sense the difference. Now, we get this on Twitter. The BK Big Fish was the best drunk food besides White Castle back in the day. Drunk only. Tastes like meat because it was cooked on the same grill. Now, I didn't think about that. Your fish sandwich, your BK Big Fish or your filet of fish 
might taste like a Whopper or Big Mac simply because oh, it's on the same grill. I believe it still won't do it. Still, still can't not do enough. it. No, that's not good enough for me. All right, I want you to think about this because right, we're going to talk about Craig Hodges and some rating stuff coming up before we wrap this hour. What would it take? Think about this. How much of a food shortage would it take for you to have to crack open the fillet of fish, the big fish, whatever the heck the Arby's fish is? I mean, you you're done. You can't go to Wendy's anymore and get your triple stack or whatever they call it. You know what it would take? I mean, it's it's quite obvious what it would take. You would be the news report that hey, all fast food joints have ran out of burgers, cow based burgers. All they have are fish fillet sandwiches across everywhere. I would probably give up on fast food at that point. I just there's it just does not sound appetizing to go get a fillet of fish at all. I I still can't believe there are people out there eating this enough for a and Ron made a decent point on this. I can't completely refute it. That it's still on the freaking menu. It's still there. You can roll right up to the drive-thru and order a fish sandwich. And Wendy's is coming out saying they're going through a meat shortage. I don't even know if they, oh, do they even have a fish sandwich? If they do. probably Exactly. It's probably like some cod something, whatever. I guarantee you people aren't even ordering that. It would take the store shutting down and them handing it out in the back door. Just here, take a frozen fish sandwich for people to even think and contemplate about eating this. Look at how spoiled we are. Seriously. I'm looking. I don't actually, I don't see a fish sandwich for them. They have a bunch of burgers and they have chicken sandwiches. I don't see a fish based sandwich. Maybe that's coming up next. Okay. Well, that's, we'll have to look at that. Unbelievable. (laughs) They might need it. Craig Hodges is upset. Some ratings with the last dance. We'll hit that next as we wrap the hour on the second level. Scratching beneath the surface. It's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. ESPN is... Pushing their luck, and I'll leave it at that. We'll hit that in the second hour, as well as the South Korean baseball return and what that's doing to the national conversation. So just under an hour from now, fake news with Ron Culver at 12.25. Dave Zangaro here in Philadelphia, NBC Sports Philly, who had it locally about Clowney could be coming to the Eagles, will join us at 12.10 Eastern. So Jordan has been all over the last dance, as we knew coming into it where Craig Hodges apparently had to respond to how candid and open and honest MJ has been. I'll read you the quote, Craig Hodges. One of the things as players, we call this a fraternity. So I'm watching the first episode, and I was upset about the quote, cocaine circus, said the Expos champ to Fox Sports on Tuesday admitting it would be uncomfortable to explain to younger members of their families. Now, I am shocked, so shocked, that no producer for the ESPN Last Dance went up to Craig Hodges and said, hey, are you okay if we out everybody blowing coke and doing anything else in that room that Michael Jordan described? I mean, is is he really shocked and upset that he wasn't addressed ahead of time? More so than just people doing stuff 
that they've kept under wraps, and now it becomes a difficult conversation. And I can only speak from a short-term example of being in a relationship, not somebody who I imagine if I just is married and children and all for a while, Ron, you married kids and all and others out there. But even if something happened 15 years ago, that's not necessarily just going to go away with, oh, well, you know, that happened 15 years ago. That's going to be a pretty difficult conversation to have if you, your wife, sitting there on the couch, your kids are watching, and all of a sudden you're outed on this Last Dance documentary as doing stuff that those people in the room never thought or heard you ever did. I mean, that's a pretty tough conversation to get around, I would imagine. Does Hodges have a beef? Yeah. But but he's not going to Wendy's. Exactly. <laughs> Is he getting a fish sandwich? Yeah, maybe. This is the fish sandwich of beefs right here. Maybe he took, maybe he's the reason Wendy's is running out of beef. Is that he's it? He's taking it all. He's t- you really need a ton of beef to come at Michael Jordan. I mean, maybe exactly. You would have to be the main reason why there'd be a shortage at Wendy's in the first place. So, of course, Jordan's described the team like to party pretty hard and how Jordan stayed away from it. So uh, here's the thing. I wonder, what do you think Hodges is more upset about? That he was outed, or he was outed by a guy who looks down on it and kind of separate. I would never do something like that. Doesn't it make Hodges look worse, the tone that Jordan uses? Unbelievable, but, you know, Greg Hodges has a concern to raise. I get it. I just don't think he's going to win this battle in public opinion. If people don't care about Jordan betting on games, I doubt they're going to care about Hodges. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Well, let's look at it. Not only are we going to have the awkwardness, if there's ever a reunion between Craig Hodges and Michael Jordan, but one that would be a little more awkward, I would think, would be a union of Carson Wentz and Jadavion Clowney. As the report came out before the show, Mark Berman in Houston, Fox 26, saying there are five teams, Seattle being one of them, not that they went anywhere, and Philadelphia being another one of the five. So it's not like every team is wide open. It's been narrowed down to five. It might just be a leverage play. Who knows if Philadelphia is really in it. We'll go to Philly five minutes from now and talk a little bit about how awkward of a situation that is and kind of the reaction that Jadavion Clowney would get in here. It's way more compelling than Cleveland, Baltimore, or Tennessee, the other three cities in that group. If you Seattle, okay, he returns back to Seattle where he played last year that's no huge story it's a big nugget of news and we look at what Seattle is now with the return of Clowney on that defensive line and you could start looking at the schedule release moving forward he goes to Cleveland he's on Cleveland he he wastes away on the Browns he goes to the Titans he'll be in the playoffs again he'll be a monster down there on an already established defense Baltimore will be great because we already expect Baltimore to be a contender, not only to win their division, the conference, and even represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, but 
There are a lot of big names there, and it's not just going to be the clowny show. Comes here in Philadelphia, there's an element. It's out of his hands, like it's out of Wentz's hands, but there's an element to it. Also, South Korea baseball is back. I was just looking at this on the Parks Casino, local here to me in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia app. Last bet I placed before the return to South Korea baseball was March 13th. Full time. I bet Club Tijuana to beat CF Pachuca. And they did. They won. And I thought, oh, this this is a tease. And now we're back. And you know what? At 525 a.m. on the East Coast, I watched my South Korean Wyverns lead after five innings and beat the Hanwha Eagles. Welcome back, baseball. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So one thing we'll look at 18 minutes from now, 28 minutes from now, would be the impact, not just from a betting standpoint, but from an entertainment and then even funneling social discussions about where we are as a country on battling the virus with the return of South Korean baseball. But we go out to the progressive guest line and bring in one of the best here in Philadelphia, covers the Philadelphia Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia, Dave Zangaro. You can follow Dave on Twitter at NBCS. You were the one. I, I saw this pop up about Jadavion Clowney, could be back in Seattle, but one of five teams on that list would be Philadelphia. And it just, it was an interesting hypothetical about awkwardness. And I figured, you know what, you're a man of great humor as well. So you would be able to not only give us insight on all of this, but also provide a nice funny slant on it as well. Dave, first and foremost, great to chat as always. Hope all is well with you and yours. Same to you, man. It's good to talk to you. How awkward would this be, do you think, if the Eagles signed Clowney based on everything that happened last year? I, I mean, it would be awkward for the first 10 minutes, and then I think everyone would get over it, honestly, because he's a good player. And, I mean, the best way to make sure he doesn't hurt your franchise quarterback is to sign him. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think they get over it. I mean, there have been times like this before where, there's been bad, bad blood between a, a team and a player, and that team signs them, and then all of a sudden things are fine. Um, it, it wouldn't be like you know Carson Wentz to hold a grudge. So I think it will be fine. I, that doesn't mean that this is likely to happen, but um, if it were to happen, I don't think that would be a, a really big hurdle to get over. Yeah, and I feel as you lay out for Carson Wentz, it, it might even be something like a joke or, or something like that, you know, to kind of diffuse it. Come on, man, you got me, you got me. But you know where we are and, and, and who consumes content. If it's reading what you write, your tweets, and seeing you on TV, talking about everything Eagles-related, there are going to be a lot of people, even idiots like myself with radio shows, are going to blow this thing out of proportion. Yeah, and it's going to be a while before we get that visual of the two of them together. Right. So it'll, it'll probably fester for a while. But, I mean, ultimately, if they bring in a guy who's going to help them win, I think that both sides can kind of put it to the side. Um, it, it would be interesting, though, right? I mean, this is a guy who – it's not just the Wentz hit. 
It's the uh, it's also the hit on Foles Absolutely. from the previous year. So it's two years in a row he's taken uh, two pretty big hits at the Eagles quarterback. Yeah, this isn't even like a guy who has killed the Eagles on the field. Uh, I'm going back a little bit, but remember Amani Toomer seemed to have his way with the Eagles. And, and if he came or uh, somebody who just routinely lit up the Eagles on the field, offense or defense, and came over here, you're right. This is an added element of ending quarterbacks two straight years. He's like a real enemy in Philadelphia. He kind of is. And last year was the one that hurt. Um, they, I, I think the Eagles probably win that game with Carson Wentz. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, he went out so early. It was still the first quarter. So, um, had they had them going on, if they had them for the entire game, you think they'd probably win it. Um, it didn't happen, and it was a shame. And to me, that hit was a cheap shot. I, I know the NFL didn't find him. I thought they should have. Um, but it, it's kind of if they sign this guy, it'll be water under the bridge. Yeah, and I think that's from a team standpoint. You go back to just necessity there. So let's look at this. Dave Zangaro joining us at D Zangaro NBCS on Philadelphia, all things Eagles for NBC Sports Philly. How likely is it, in your opinion, Dave, that they sign Clowney? Let's start there. Not very likely. Uh, (laughs) I'd I'd kind of put this in the the category where the Eagles are pretty notorious for checking in on guys, especially when they think a price tag might drop. But, I mean, we're entering the second month of free agency, uh, my guess is that they're they're wondering why Clowney's still out there, and and they're never shy from at least expressing interest and, and finding out um, if if a guy would make sense for them. But he's gonna still cost a lot of money, even if he he doesn't end up getting a, a multi year deal like he might have anticipated early in free agency. He's still gonna be paid an awful lot of money this year. And while the Eagles have the cap space right now, they had about $27 million heading into the draft. They'll have, obviously, less than that after. Um, so they have the room to sign in for this year, but it would deplete a lot of that money. And in normal years, Howie Roseman likes to roll over cap space. But especially for next season, they're, they're going to be up against it. And the way Howie maneuvers and, and gets around that is he does like to carry space over from year to year. So... I would be kind of shocked if they spent what it would take to get Clowney on on a one-year deal when they they might be better off just waiting and and rolling that money over into 2021. Speaking of money, and I know that there was rather a shock of a statement from uh, Dave Spadaro. Team employee, I I don't know how you would – how should we describe Spadaro to the the national audience? He's like he, he covers the team for the team, right? Yeah, he's a, it's a house organ, yeah. Okay, there you go. That Perfect. He's mentioned that the Eagles plan on using Alshon Jeffrey a lot this year, which I'm sure came to a shock to about 99% of the people following this team. Yeah, they've been pretty consistent with that. Um, now, the flip side, and to be fair, I have heard that too. I've heard that... Um, the the national outlook, even the outlook in Philadelphia outside of the building, is different on Alshon than inside. But I've also heard that they haven't stopped listening to offers for Alshon, and, and they wouldn't be opposed to training him. Um, I, I think it probably falls somewhere in between. It certainly wouldn't behoove them 
to make it known that they want to get rid of this guy if they ever plan on trading him. Uh, but they're probably stuck with him. I mean, they, they guaranteed his, his uh, contract for this season, his base salary. So to me, it's hard for them to find a trade partner for a guy who's over, who's around 30 now. He's coming off a list Frank injury. Um, his numbers are already declining, and he might be a locker room problem. Like I, I don't know who's trading for that, uh, especially at the price he has. So the Eagles might be stuck with him. So at that point, yeah, you might as well try to get him healthy and, and see if there's a way you can fix this thing and, and get something out of him this year. I, I'm appealing to you, Dave Zangaro, the journalist, a man who has covered teams and players and has probably seen a wide share of it, by all means. Let's start with you first. This is a judgment-free zone, I promise you. We've chatted many times before to know. I'll keep my word on this one, Dave, I promise you here. But the conversation came up earlier in the show about Wendy's and I imagine other fast food places going through a significant meat shortage like the country is preparing. And that led us to, well, they should have an abundance stocked up of these frozen fish sandwiches. Have you ever eaten the frozen fish sandwich at any of the fast food places? And do you know people that routinely eat? Because it's like somebody winning the lottery. I've never met anybody who has won it, nor do I think I've known anybody who would routinely eat the fish sandwiches. You know, I think I probably have like many, many years ago, but it's been at least 15 years. Yes. I know my, yes. my, uh, my parents, they're, they're Catholic, so they do the uh, the no meat on Friday during Lent. And I think that occasionally they will they'll do the fish sandwich from a from a fast food place. But I know that's rare. I, yeah, you're, I'm, I don't really know a lot of people who are out there chowing down on those fish sandwiches. Nobody you ever cover, like nobody ever outed themselves in the locker room. That okay, my favorite <laughs> my favorite food is a fillet of fish. McNabb I, never I came out that never with that. Heard that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of interesting diets, having covered the league for a while. But uh, the, the the fish sandwich diet from fast food places hasn't come up. What was the worst? And I'm putting you on the spot, but I wonder if you could remember, Dave. What was the worst diet that you heard? Where you thought to yourself, that "There's just no way a human being can live eating like this." Um, it's not necessarily the, the particular items they eat, but some of these guys, when they have to put on weight, um, uh, cause you know, some of these guys are playing at a weight that's really far from where they should be in just as a human. Right. Uh, you know, some of these offensive <laughs> right. linemen and you see them kind of slim down after their playing careers, they're the amount of food they have to eat to keep their weight, especially as often as they're working out. It's kind of crazy. It becomes like a part-time job, just the, the amount that they have to eat, especially when they're training to keep that weight. So to me, that's kind of gross. I've talked to guys who have, you know, their jaw hurts day after day of just chewing that amount of food. Um, yeah, so it's that, that to me has always been the thing that kind of grosses me out, just the, the amount of food some of these guys have to eat. And still, no fish sandwich has ever come up in that. It's amazing, isn't it? Dave, I appreciate you as always. Uh, good to hear things are well with you. And thanks for hopping on. I know it's short notice, but thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. You Bye. got it. Dave Zangaro at D Zangaro, NBCS on Philadelphia. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we. this is a man who has covered the Eagles for years. He's covered the NFL. And 
I'm sure we can ask McMullen tomorrow, and any we can go to the NBA and others. Look, Joel Embiid here in Philadelphia is infamously known for having a terrible diet. Landry Shamit, now a member of the Clippers, called him out, and that whole thing went viral. And still, no fish sandwiches. And all of these stories about fa- Michael Phelps. Remember Phelps? How many calories did he have to ingest? Three thousand a day, by just to beef up for swimming. And he said he went and ate fast food. And even Phelps wouldn't touch the fish sandwich. Fake news next year on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. We've got four stories. Three are real. One is fake. And as mentioned, 13 minutes from now, I, I do a weekly YouTube show with a pretty prominent doctor, and I know that the political world will have you think that there's only one doctor, and when he's not there, there's only another doctor, but I can tell you there are countless that are working on front lines, studying disease, and not only creating and working on vaccines, but also preventative methods moving forward to not fall back on that. But we do this each and every day around this time with at Ron Tuens Culver, fake news all right, my friend, all yours. Okay. You sure you can handle it today? I hope so. All right. Let's check out this headline and see what you think. You ready? I'm ready. Three outspoken Russian doctors have fallen, if you guess my drift, I'm doing air quotes there, fallen from windows in the past two weeks. Yeah. I don't think this is like Game of Thrones where the younger kid just has enough and willingly throws himself out, right? Yeah. Well, three the or two out of the three doctors are dead. Oh, so I, I just assumed all three were. No, no. One is uh one is live. He's in a serious condition. Uh he is uh thirty seven. He survived falling from a second floor window, but he suffered a fractured skull after speaking out about not having enough face mask, yeah. and he himself having COVID-19, but still having to work. Right, right. That's, yes. As soon as you said three doctors have fallen out of windows in Russia. In Mother the, Russia. Exactly. The logical conclusion is they were speaking against what has been pushed out as <laughs> what people should believe. I don't know what the, it, it, that's just the equation, right? Yeah. Prominent doctor thrown out of window, allegedly, Usually is going to revolve around speaking against the proletariat. Isn't that what they call it? I have no idea. Okay. Well, that's, just, I just think this is the plot line for the next now, James Bond movie. Wait, well, that James Bond movie, well, yes, but then you couldn't shoot it in space, right? Only half of it. That's true. So I, I think now we just need to look at one question for a new movie, if it gets greenlit or not. Will it work in space? Yep. That's it. All right. So it's I think believable. if you did the notebook in space, that would work. I've never seen the notebook. Neither have I, but just I've you've we've all seen that scene where she's running to him in the pouring rain. No. Space suits. You can do that. Okay. I guess you're right. I mean we've 
we've seen like Breaking Bad, them all in those big suits, yep. the hazmat suits. How big of a reach would it be or leap to go from hazmat to spacesuit, right? Exactly. All right, so story one is believable unless it's only like two doctors and you added a third. Uh, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, I'm, yeah, not gonna, right. I'm not going to get that ticky-tacky. All right, story one, the doctor's disappearing. <laughs> After speaking out. Russian, story, Russian. Russian doctors, that's more important. Uh, story number two, a flash mob in Austria is sparking outrage in the country because many citizens felt it unnecessary, even though it was done as a tribute to nurses and doctors. So what was the actual tribute? It was just a flash mob, you know, just people coming together and singing. Yeah, but and how harmonizing. Many, how many people coming together? See, this is where. But I don't know. That, I was trying to figure that out. They were all practicing social distancing guidelines that, you know, everyone should be doing. But uh, as it being a tribute for nurses and doctors, I guess there were some people in the country who felt that they shouldn't have been out in public in the first place. I don't know. Well, here's the thing you don't need. Flash mobs in, in its their own right don't really need to exist unless you're doing it for like you know pushing for a change, right? Like if you're, and that's going to be put you know, on pause. The flash mob is fun. I don't know, man. I've seen a couple of flash mobs in Philly just show up. Remember, they did a whole TV show built around flash mobs, hosted by Howie Mandel. No idea what that show is. Oh, check it out. It was the terrible. only show I know about Howie Mandel is the briefcase one, Deal or No Deal. Yep. But he had another show for a while. I think it was called Flash Mob or Mob or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure something ridiculous like and, that. And it literally was, you know, just people, he would, a guy wants to propose to his girlfriend, right? So they do this whole elaborate thing where there's dancing and, you know, she's being whisked away from this place to that place. He's with her for part of it. Then he disappears and then he comes back at the end and he has the ring. Mm. Sounds terrible. And you've seen how many episodes? Oh, this was old. This was... Oh, this is pre-Deal or No Deal? Uh, this was I didn't around know that. the time of, when, like, uh, around the height of Deal or No Deal. So probably, Got it. Probably mid... I'm trying to think where I was living at the time. I would say, like, mid-2000s. Okay. Just curious. Just curious. Yeah. All right. So that's story two. Story number three, Beer Fairy mm, caught, like on, this. caught on doorbell cam delivering gifts to an Ohio home. Caught? Caught. I feel like that uh, that word camp. connotes something evil or negative or criminal. No, I'm just caught delivering gifts. Spotted. Can I use that? Spotted. Term? Sure. Okay. Eyed. Photographed. Perfect. Video. Videoed. I like that better. Caught. Filmed. Yeah, I, I like that. All right. Now the so beer. The do beer we know fairy? what the beer fairy looks like? He looks like a beer fairy. Okay. Hey, so you, have you ever seen the movie uh, Euro Trip? No, but I'm guessing it's a big guy with a gut in like a tutu. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, how easy of an image was that to reach, right? Wand yeah. or no wand? I'm not really sure. It might have been a, a, a keg tapper. See, it's really a matter of the pronoun that you use. Because if you were to say she, then I would think like Tinkerbell. You know, she'd come in dropping off. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. no I, don't think when, a, I don't think a beer fairy could ever be a she. Yeah, it would have to be a he. Part of the rules. Exactly. Now you're going to be accused of of being a genderist. You know that, right? By saying... Nah, it's fine. All right, that's the PC term for sexist. Yeah, if I... Hey, I'm fine. If a a beer fairy is a woman, she needs to look like one of the barmaids that you'd find at Oktoberfest. Just saying. Okay, not like the actual beer fairy. Not a female version of the beer fairy who currently exists. No. No. No, we, we 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 don't really need to see the hairy stomach. Do we know what beer... 
Was he dropping no, off no, Corona? No, no beer was, uh, no telling on what the beer was. Actually, it doesn't even say if he dropped off beer. It just said that he dropped, he dropped off a package in the middle of the night. Well, I don't want a beer fairy dropping off a FedEx. I want a beer fairy dropping well, off a case a, of beer. This is in the middle of the night. I know. You hope for that. And I, you heard, look, I've got a 85-pound oh, no, okay, no, there's, uh, some of the, some Nobody's of the, coming to the door at 2 a.m. without getting something. Uh, yeah, I know, right? What is going Where is this? Is this, this in was Florida? In Ohio. No, Ohio. Ohio is the second citizen of uh, Florida, right? Uh, Alabama's pretty close. Well, you know. Go to AL.com. All right. Well, what's story four here? Story number four. Louisiana police are on the hunt for a uh, suspected bank robber that might have been a little too aggressive. Okay. They warned warned the citizens. uh, I'm trying to figure out what town it was in. Uh, well, what remember. would constitute Bogo. a bank robber being too aggressive well, me, outside me, of violence? Let me get to it here. They warned that the suspect is ignoring social distancing rules, mm-hmm. uh, was harassing customers at the ATM and drive through chasing people, and trying to get in vehicles. The suspect, an aggressive chicken, which stood about 18 inches tall and weighs about 6 to 8 pounds. So there's an APB out for a, an aggressive chicken. reddish brown, reddish brown chicken. Who stole what from a bank? Uh, it's suspected. Feed? We not we're not sure if he actually did get away with the dollar bill, but he was harassing customers. Did attack a few customers. And this is Baton Rouge. Uh, no, it's somewhere in Louisiana. Okay, okay, just making sure I, I know exactly where it was. Yeah, I'm thinking so, of the Walker, uh, probably the Walker uh, Parish. Well, that that's actually so ridiculous and over the top that I'm sure it's true, which leaves us with the beer fairy. But that first story. Has to be true, especially since it's Russia, unless it's happening like in China. So I'm, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to switch up a country just because. I'm going to say story two. I'm going to go process of elimination, and I feel least confident about story two being true. About a flash mob yes. tribute for nurses and doctors? Yes. You would be right. Oh, man. Now, I can't tell you what I did. It's like that drive I put yesterday, <laughs> 270, man. I couldn't tell you what you I just, did. I, no, you just you figured Mother Russia would be killing off doctors that were Absolutely. speaking out. Absolutely. Easy. An aggressive chicken. Of course, that's got to be in it's Louisiana. Exactly. Right. And then uh, the beer fairy. How, how could you ruin yeah. somebody's day by creating a story about the beer fairy? Well, I would never lie about the beer fairy. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. So the South Korean Baseball League is back, and I saw some people on Twitter actually had to remind, I think she worked at ESPN no longer now. It was a tweet that I saw tweeted into my timeline, and I quoted it because... It really wasn't about starting a conversation. It was more about driving people to some content that I'm doing. So every week, it's also in a column. The column is out today, phillyvoice.com. I do it weekly, and I put the video itself with this doctor up on YouTube. So you can watch it on YouTube. It's also embedded in the column, depending on how you consume it. It's a very simple show. It's called Dr. Shander and Shander. I do it every week. 
with my dad, who has been in the medical world forever. He and another guy, uh, after studying for years the impact of infectious diseases, specifically in the blood, like HIV, for example, created a bloodless surgery. He's an anesthesiologist and has traveled throughout the world over the last 10, 15 years as somebody who is working in hospitals in China, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, but also providing insight and education on the actual surgery and, and procedures moving forward to prevent being in surges and prevent being behind the eight ball when something even as catastrophic as a pandemic comes out. And I'll take it a step further. There was a publication that he and another doc wrote in 2015 that was essentially outlying things that would cause us to be unprepared and completely just caught with our pants down. And on top of that, what we could do and and dangers that could be avoided. So in 15, and this was about a respiratory disease, not something specific in the blood. I say all of this because the latest is up, and we specifically talk about South Korean baseball reopening with the backdrop of, well, what did we do wrong? Why are we so far behind testing and everything else that's been politicized? And the best part for me about it is you get to hear from somebody who has zero political agenda. We've done eight of these, and you can see throughout each of these episodes, there's no politics infused here. He doesn't owe any politician anything as far as a statement or support. And one thing that has been constant that comes back to South Korea now being able to play baseball is a very comprehensive, detailed response. It's never just, well, they tested and we didn't. Sure, we're still far behind. If you look at the population and the mass that is this country in testing this virus every day, and it's causing, rightfully so, anxiety and a lot of people to not want to go right back full mode into society returning right up to the sports leagues. South Korea, on the other hand, and this is just me relaying conversations I've had with him specifically, a doctor who goes there two to three times a year working in the front lines of the medical communities in Seoul and beyond, is a general fundamental acceptance of not only authority, but of medical information, first and foremost. And unfortunately, you can't point to either side of any political spectrum and say that outside of a doctor, things were really moving in that direction. And then you can point to a tweet from the New York City mayor to the president of this country to anybody in between who was telling you months before, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And not only was it met from one side with resistance, it was met by the same side with acceptance. There's also the element that South Korea didn't it for people that are saying, well, look, 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 come on. All we needed to do was one small thing and we could have been like South Korea. You can't even compare the size of the cities that are equal in a lot of cases to our major size cities because of the fundamental difference in culture. Something that has been there for eons as opposed to this country which has prided itself at times on being so diverse and being so different and being multicultural and having a wide span of not only political ideology but socioeconomic ideology as well you can't have one that without the other which is 
constant disagreement and constant just stopping and preventing and just mainly being roadblocks in the road to recovery through this virus. So one thing that South Korea and just look at the difference in testing. It wasn't simply just more tests, which they had, and we still are behind. And that's not really an argument that a medical professional would leave you to debate. But it's also the tracking. I mean, think about they went public right away with some of the most invasive tracking technology we've seen on the planet. And the majority, I imagine there were probably some people in that country, but the majority of people said, that's fine. We get it. We understand that we need that people need to be tracked. And we understand that if you have the virus early stages when this came out, if you were then you need to be on a map on on an app and data needs to be given to us to stay away from certain areas. That is as invasive as it gets and would be met with a ton of resistance by not everybody, but a lot of people here right up until the people that deal with politics. They also didn't have to deal with and I forget his name, but it's a pick I, I keep saved and constantly remind people that it wasn't just politicians who messed this up. South Korea didn't have to deal with Barry, whatever his name is, that kid who went viral for being down in Texas in spring break, basically saying, look, or Florida, that point, basically saying, like, look, if I get it, I get it. I don't really care. And then, of course, ABC Nightly News and everybody picked it up, and it was this huge thing where he actually had to publicly apologize, although he and so many others in that video went viral for basically being like, we don't care. If you want to look at fundamental reasons why South Korea is in a position where they can reopen up games, mind you, without fans and with robotic drummers and no spitting and seeds and all the other stuff, it's not just, it's never just one thing. It is a total, comprehensive, detailed approach that South Korea, as a much more homogenous culture than we would ever be, accepting medical information, accepting a trust that we just don't have, no matter who the president is, it's never going to be equal and universal. We don't have that level of trust in our leaders. We don't have the ability to listen when the right people say the right things from a medical standpoint. It doesn't matter if it's a politician or if it's some idiot kid down in the beach in spring break saying, nah, I don't give a crap, or whoever it may be, your, your family, your, your father or your grandfather saying, I survived a war, the hell I need to stay in. Whatever it is, they didn't have that. We did. And, you know, it hurt, it set us back, but it didn't ruin everything. The country is not decimated to the point at which we can't recover and change at least certain things about our economy and certain things about industry. What it does mean is that you cannot, I mean, the only reason why I bring this up and continue to do the videos with my dad and continue to drive people to those sites is because it's very difficult to near impossible, dare I even say impossible, to compare the two without, at the very least, being honest with the fundamental differences in culture. That's why we won't have baseball like we have South Korean baseball back right now. That's why it's going to take a little longer. That's why you have people yesterday like Keith Law and others coming out saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't hear anything like this about spring training 2, July 1st, all that. It's nice. It's a great concept. But you need a lot more. And that's the hammering home point that you just need to rest on constant it gets boring and you shut it out you tune it out but then you become victim and falling back into these conversations about expectation nobody knows anything 
until data can prove it. And we're still, I know it sounds crazy because you see South Korea opening up and you think, well, if we had just done one thing different, if we had just gotten way more tests, if we did one thing different, no. Just because people were tested, which they should have been in mass, doesn't mean that they would have listened. Look, you still have resistance. People are getting upset because they can't get a haircut or any other reason they would feel the need to arm up and storm a building. That's not happening in South Korea. It's not just, well, they tested and we didn't. There are so many reasons, fundamental, deep-rooted issues that we deal with in our culture, our multi-culture, that they don't deal with and they won't deal with. And lastly, if I can just add this, masks have been politicized here. Masks have been politicized. Do you know it's second nature in countries like South Korea, Southeast Asia, for masks to be part of your gear? Some, Not everybody wears them, but if you're told, hey, look, Normally, you'd have to wear masks for pollution or maybe there's a respiratory disease in the air, something along those lines, anything in between. It's not met with resistance. It's not met with, well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I can go out there and cry. I can do whatever I want. You told me something last week, and now you're telling me something different. It is a fundamental, and again, I use this term because it's the best way to describe it, differences in how we see things on the day-to-day. It's not just something as superficial, if you will, meaning on the surface, as testing, I promise you. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. You can follow Ron, too, at Ron Twins Culver on Twitter. And while South Korean baseball is back, and it's a beautiful thing to watch live baseball, we are going to continue to question, just wait. It's going to happen when the Bundesliga returns next month. Turkish soccer is coming back on June 12th. We'll look around, and we might have reason to say, well, we should have done that. We could have opened if we did that. But everywhere you look is different. Singapore, just end on this. Singapore came out, hit a home run right away. They locked things down. They tested. They had everything under control. Now it's become a major hotspot. It's become a problem. It's not because of a second wave. It's not because of false positives. It's because they failed to control areas that were more densely populated. Initially, it looked like everything was under control, but as things slowly came back, more densely populated areas unable to be controlled, unable to be tested, unable to track who's doing what. And if you don't have the proper education of, hey, you better wash your hands still, then you have rapid spread again. So it went from being controlled to being, oh, my goodness, what do we do? And that's somebody who's there three four, day, three, four times a year. The medical community's not listened to like they are here. And that's some people don't like to hear that, but that's just a cold, hard fact. Now, one thing that isn't and is still up for debate, and I don't know if there's another answer outside of Jacksonville, and we'll talk about this in depth tomorrow, but just a little bit of a tease hanging into Thursday's show, which will preview, of course, the biggest three-hour announcement you've ever been a part of and that's the nfl releasing its schedule thursday night in prime time i don't know there can't be another team that's less excited about thursday night than jacksonville right let's talk about that we'll wrap the hour next year on the second level
You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. So tomorrow we'll talk about the NFL schedule release in more detail. I promise I'm not just going to go and look at the teams that need it the most. The Jacksonville, we might even go down to Jacksonville before McMullen joins us at 1240 and just figure out what a schedule release is like for a team that has absolutely zero hope in an NFL season. It's like normally what the Mets were. No trips. No trips either. No. Usually what? They're usually good for two trips to London. Absolutely. And and they've been grounded. Now, I have to read this tweet. I'm going to PG it a little bit. But I asked earlier (laughs) and. I don't know if you saw this one, Ron, but there are so many numbers at the end of this guy's name that I'm thinking it might be a bot, but it's it's a pretty interesting response, to say the least. So the question was, if if Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, signed with the Eagles after knocking out the quarterback, Carson Wentz, the year before, and I say with a cheap shot, where would that rank on the level of awkwardness? So the tweeter responds at Michael with like seven different numbers after it, so it's probably a bot. I don't even think the guy has any followers. No, which is fine. He follows me. I'm okay with that. It follows me. I'm okay with that. Seeing your brother at Thanksgiving after knowing he slept with your wife. I don't think that's the same. I don't think that would be on the same. Like, that's Jordan Isaiah hate, right? Yeah. If we were to find something on Thanksgiving that would rival the awkwardness of Jordan and Isaiah playing together, I think that would be it. Yeah, because Jordan and Isaiah, they'll never have a conversation again. That's that's on that level. Yes, that's a perfect way to encapsulate the hatred, is the two of them will never have a conversation together again. Clowney and Wentz, they'll They'll be all right. They're probably not going to be best friends. I don't think Wentz is going to make Clowney the godfather of his child. No, I, I don't soon. think so. Although, if Jadavion Clowney strip sacks Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and they win a Super Bowl and he helps Carson win a Super Bowl like Brandon Graham did Nick Foles, well, maybe they do strike up a friendship. Maybe it's the new odd couple. Right? Who would be Felix Unger? Probably Clowney. Tony Randall's going to be Carson. Quarterback yeah. is, is Tony Randall. He's, he's the neat freak. He's the guy that's following the rules. Clowney comes in with a hat backwards. He's Felix Unger, right? Yep. See, you don't have camp anymore. They used to go to Lehigh University for camp, but now everybody stays home, not even during a pandemic. But that would be it. That's a reality show right there. You bunk them together at Lehigh University for training camp. You put some cameras up there, and it's the new odd couple. That's way better than hard knocks. What are you going to get in hard knocks? John Gruden yelling platitudes, another guy getting cut. How many times do you need to see somebody get cut? How many years do you need to see that? I just gave you a new idea. Instead, HBO is going to do hard knocks in Jacksonville and just go down that tube. Who in Jacksonville would be excited about the schedule release? I don't get it. I'm excited in Philly. I know people are excited elsewhere, but Jacksonville will do that tomorrow. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Jacob Media.